Believe it or not, it's another VO podcast with three guys who are full-time voice actors at different stages of life, career, and location. But they have formed a bond and work together to hold each other accountable and help each other on their VO path. Three guys from different backgrounds working together, helping each other, and sharing with you along the way. Hey, what are we calling it again? It's It's another another VO VO podcast. podcast. Okay, okay, guys. Sorry, I get it. Come on, you're not my dad's. Three voiceover talents talk about, from different backgrounds and perspectives, their career of voiceover, but from the perspective of encouragement and accountability. I'm Alden Schenenberg with two excellent VO talent, Troy Holden and Jake Sanders. You know, there are a lot of rabbit holes we go down, and today we're going to talk about one of the biggest rabbit holes of all, our sound. And maybe if we have a little time left, we can talk about that common sickness we all have called VO gear obsession. Jake, tell us about your obsessions or your sound. What's going on with you today? Well, not a whole lot's going on with me today, but uh, to, to talk about what the topic is, sound, um, I, I never really got the gear obsession thing uh, from the beginning when I started or whatever. Um, I had a mic that uh, I had initially got to like make me sound better because I was going to stream and play video games, but I got really tired of that really quick. So I just had a mic. And then like when I decided to pursue voiceover, that's I'm using the same mic still. I I have worried that I need to upgrade it at some point, but the feedback I've gotten about how I sound, or how, at least like the room sound or whatever, has been, you sound fine, you don't need to change anything, so I'm not going to put any of my budget towards that now, or at so least right now. So I we don't need a $1,500 mic to do Yeah, yeah, work. you definitely don't need a $1,500 <laughs> mic. I think this one was like 120 bucks. I mean, if, to, to be yeah, honest with you, yeah. when I bought it four years ago, so that means you could probably get it for 60 bucks cheaper now or something like that. And you've but, gotten work. You've gotten a lot of work off Oh, that yeah, microphone. for sure. Yeah, I've, I've booked all sorts of things across the spectrum of voiceover with this microphone um, and even different room sound. Like, this is technically my second booth. When I started, I was in an apartment and um, I, bar- I, had the, I had the really cheap one-inch foam in, on the door and then I just used blankets I found, not even like the moving blankets they suggest you get. And I booked stuff there. So... You know, it, it just goes to show you it's really just how you can manipulate the sound. And that's that's not even with like, you know, an editing software or whatever. So that's always interesting. Um, and something I found out like two years into doing voiceover is that majority of the times, at least with the auditions you're sending out to maybe production houses or agencies, you shouldn't be editing your auditions at all. They want the raw audio, right? Like they want to see For what your part, room yeah. sound. Yeah, they want to see what your room sound sounds like and how they can edit it on their side so that's that was a big thing um to find out and i kind of wish i would have found that out earlier especially when i started auditioning for agencies and whatnot yeah i think some light touches are okay but if you if you do too much then they don't have as much room to work on their end mm-hmm. mm, mm-hmm. that's very true uh tim Tippett's has the best quote i've ever heard on that you cannot unscramble scrambled eggs <laughs> And, and that's exactly right. And and he also has I've heard him speak about raw audio. He said nobody sends totally raw audio like Alden said. You touch it up a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think people obsess with sound later more than earlier because you should obsess, as Jake said, get your room right to where the reflections are down and that's down and the noise is down. Is it going to be ideal? Probably not because you're going to get house noise you're going to get trucks going by planes overhead helicopters but you just have to stop pause wait till it gets quiet again and go again 
and you don't want to send that stuff in, you know, with that, that noise in the background. But the obsession I see people having is, do I need a preamp? Do I need to compress? Do I need a high pass and low pass filter? And do I need this and this and this? You know, everything I send out has um, mouth declick, DS, mm-hmm. and I have NS1 that I occasionally use, but it's turned down to like two. Yeah, yeah, I like to. And that's it. I mean, that's all it needs. I don't even EQ anymore. I used to. Uh, occasionally, I will if my voice is a little bassy. You know, and it can be that way, sinus or whatever. I might pull a little bit of that low down, but I don't hardly touch my audio. Yeah. Well, talk to us a little bit about your sound journey, because all of us started with nothing, right? We had to make an investment to get into voiceover in the first place. Mm. I mean, you you can't, you don't have to have a $1,500 microphone, but you have to have a microphone and and a decent microphone that will do well with your voice. So talk, talk to us a little bit about that, Troy. The, the trick for me was um, I started out with an MXL 990, which is a pretty decent little mic. You can get one for $60, $70. And I had an interface. Um, I had a Focusrite interface I started with. I liked the interface. It had good sound. Um, it, it had the, the little small knobs on the front. It was hard to adjust. <clears throat> but other than that, uh, starting out, I mean, those are good mics to start out with. There are some now USB mics that are good enough. Uh, they weren't when I started. They didn't have the clarity. I did buy a Fifine uh, USB mic that was I think decent. I have one of those in a box somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they're decent. Uh, my son is now using it for video game stuff, and he loves it. Uh, they're decent. They do okay. The problem I had with mine was it, it would it would quote unquote power surge every now and then, and oh, if you didn't really? listen back to an audition or something or a full job, you might miss it, and it might have something in there where you're reading and your vocal went up a, a few decibels. You know, it would get loud and come right back down. But I, I think people do overfocus on it. I mean, there's a lot of good mics out there for 150 bucks. But the thing is, you got to find what fits your voice. If it works for me. It probably won't work for Alden, probably won't work for Jake. It might if they have to EQ it and mess with it. But my thing with when I finally got to the uh, to the shotgun mic, the Sennheiser, the, the 416, it, it was so clear and prevalent. I just don't have to do much to it for me. Now, I had a TLM 103, which is, you know, people talk about, oh, that's that's the gauntlet. That's a great. It did not work for me. It was too sensitive it picked up too much and, and it actually was a little bit too low range for me. So, but this, you know, this 416 has been perfect. Uh, and I also use an MK4, which is a lower price Sennheiser mic uh, that I'll use occasionally. And, and it's not a, you know, it's, it's a, you know, $400 or so mic, but it had better sound than the $1,100 103. So, yeah, don't overthink it. And the thing is, if you can find a, a guitar center or somewhere to let you try them out, and Sweetwater is really good about returns. If you get it and it's not naturally sounding, don't keep it. Try something yeah. else. I think Guitar Center also is good about returns, uh, mm-hmm. like a thirty-day policy, and you can you can try it out for auditions for a couple weeks. Yeah, you know for sure. And you know, I don't think this is as this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. You know, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people get surprised 
They spend $1,500 yeah. a microphone and it sounds just a little bit better than their $300 yeah. microphone they had. Yeah. You know, they, and uh, and now I'm not going to lie. I would very much like to have a 416 at some point down the road. Um, <clears throat> but I'm really happy with my microphone. It does mm-hmm. a great job. And I've made I've made some good money on this microphone in the last yep. several years. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, anyway, what about you, Jake? Um, I mean, I really don't know a whole lot about microphones. I mean, like at one point I was asking, you know, in the, v- in the VO life, what are some good microphones I use? So I use an Audio-Technica 2020 USB. And again, like it is a USB mic. I got it, shoot, maybe like uh, two years before I started doing voiceover. I mean, and again, I've booked jobs with it, but I think a lot of that has to do with how my room sound is, you know what I mean? Like, and, and how it works with my voice and how it, the sound in my room just kind of accommodates all that. And I think, again, it's, it's pretty easy to overthink that stuff about wanting to get that expensive microphone. But really for me, what it was, was just when I moved into this house, into this space, my, my whole floor is tile, even in the closet, which is where I'm at now. I, I walked into the closet (laughs) with nothing in here and it would echo. If I took everything out of here right now that I have in here, it would echo and bounce around. It would be awful. But I mean, like some of the things I did was like, I mean, I I went to Lowe's and I asked if they had any scrap carpet and I got an 18 by 15 foot scrap carpet for $15. I used three feet by five feet of it and the big old roll still sitting out in my garage, you know, (laughs) to cover the floor. And then other than that, you know, I just kind of looked up some tricks to adding, you know, the studio foam into the, you know, on the walls and stuff. I mean, like my foam is backed by cardboard, you know, and I, I use, um, I use, what are those called? Those like, um those basically those Velcro hangers. I mean, uh, yeah, command yeah. strips, those yes. command strips. That's, yep. that's pretty much what everything is held together on in here. And then yeah. like I said earlier, I think I have two or three uh, moving blankets that again, I got at Lowe's. I mean, it, it's amazing. Like it, what you do when you like, like go into the space you're looking to make, it's like, that's what I did anyway. Talk for a few minutes, just without a microphone, you're not trying to record and then like get it to a deadened where it's, you know, you're not hearing this echo thing. Then you can introduce your microphone and that's when you can start recording yourself, yeah. playing it back in your DAW and listening like, okay, is it the microphone? Is it the room space? You know, that's how you can kind of figure out if you need to upgrade. Now, I, I personally think that you might want to upgrade to uh, an XLR eventually just because it's a marketing tool. Like, you sure. know oh, this guy doesn't record on USB. I don't know for sure. And I have not had anybody complain. If anything, I've had people compliment on my sound when I've worked with people I don't normally work with. But if sometimes, I'm sure people have seen that, you know, I list that I have a what the kind of microphone I use and they see that it's a USB. And I'm sure there's been people that go, we don't even want to bother with that. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's USB, it probably doesn't sound good. But again, a lot of times those people that are going to be super picky you may not even want to work with them anyway. You know, it's my sound. And again, I've booked a ton of jobs with this thing. So it's not, it's not a detriment, right? Yeah. Yeah. But again, that's right. you can use it as a marketing tool. Well, I think you have to have, you have to be above a certain quality level. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have a microphone that sounds like garbage. You can't sure. be doing v- VO through your headset, right? Yeah. That's probably not going to work too well. I, when true. I first started getting into VO, <clears throat> I did some research on microphones and wanted to find and I was being very particular because I wanted it to be good for my voice. So I was looking for, you know, what microphones are good for voiceover, what microphones are good for baritone, what mics are good for masculine sounding, you know, voiceover, just lots of Google search. And I found a list and I don't even remember where I found it from that had like the top eight microphones. 
And some of them I'd heard of before because, you know, I'm doing church music for a long time. I shop for microphones, you know, for decades, but not specifically uh, large diaphragm condenser microphones. So <clears throat> went looking for that and found this SE2200 uh, 2C or A2C or whatever it is. And there's been several different iterations of it. And I thought, well, that sounds good. And I liked what the article had to say about it. Went and I saw, uh, watched a YouTube of lots of different microphones being tried out. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Oh, the, I can't remember who the, who the video was, but you you would know him. Uh, he does a lot of those videos. Big mustache. Big. Oh, yeah, mustache. yeah. He and the other guy, they're like the VO yeah, yeah, tech yeah. guys. They're all yeah, over voiceover big, extra. Yes, I love I those guys. I can't remember his name. Oh, I, Dan Leonard. Coming. Dan yes. Leonard. Okay. Yes. Anyway, and he tested each one, and I put my good headphones on, and I listened to that YouTube, and I was like, okay, there's the microphone I'm thinking about getting. Wow, that sounds that sounds really good. I like that. And it maybe wasn't the one they graded the highest, but they graded it pretty high. Um, so anyway, I like my SE220, and it's about a $350 microphone, and it does a great job for me. As far as my space, I've gone through several different versions, like you've mentioned, Jake, and I know this is true with you as well, Troy. You know, I started with, I built a blanket fort. You know, I got some of the, he, I, and I check Amazon because it will tell you the weight of the shipping. Find the heaviest weight moving blankets you can find. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Because that's going to not just deflect some sound but and absorb some sound, but keep other sound out just a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I went down to my basement, built a, built my own booth out of two by fours and then hung those blankets. I got a a kit for making, uh, putting grommets in the blanket and I hung them from nails and, and put it all around and, and it worked pretty good. I did several audio books with that and, and got some, some good work with that, but I had to upgrade eventually and, uh, built a, a new booth with insulation inside and canvas. And then on top of that canvas, I've got, uh, I've got my sound panels that do more of the deflecting than the absorption. So, and I built a, studio. I don't know if we talked about this in the episode. I know I've talked to you guys about it. I built a studio in my basement that I've got soundproof walls, you know, so <clears throat> it used to be when I was on the second floor and we first moved to this location, I could hear every lawnmower in the neighborhood. <laughs> every one, I swear. I, I could hear a lawnmower start up and I'd walk out on my deck and like, where are they? I can't even see them, but I can hear them in my booth. This microphone picks up everything. In my basement, I have these walls. They're soundproof. And about the only lawnmowers I can hear are when my, my son is mowing in our front yard, which is right behind me, mm -hmm. or the guy across the street. That's it. I don't hear any other lawnmowers other than that. And that's not that's bad. That's good. That's good. What about, what about your – and see, our space really is way more important than our Oh, yeah. Than oh, our yeah, gear. 100%. So what yeah, about that... your space, Troy? What's been your ev uh, evolution I, pretty similar to yours. Um, I started out sitting in an open room, learning and practicing before I ever sent anything off. And, the, and then like, uh, like you did, I built the PVC booth first. My first attempt was my PVC was too small and a cat got up on top and crashed it. <laughs> oh, wow. So I went back to Lowe's and bought heavier PVC. Um, I also learned in that process, I think I did three different frames by the third one. I learned to glue certain portions of it, but leave certain portions unglued so I could get it apart if I needed to and move it. 
Um, but the, the second one worked pretty good. It was about a four by five, four by six, maybe, um, where I had a little width in there where I didn't feel like I was in a coffin, but man, was it hot. I mean, you'd oh, go yeah. in there and record for an hour and, and, and I had to turn the AC off because I was in a bedroom. Right. And yeah, it was awful. So I came up with an idea. We had a storage room on the back of the garage. It's, it's in a heat and cooled area of the house. There's a laundry room beside it. There's two wood doors that I could close. And so I took the last four feet of that room and built a booth because being new to VO, booth, 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 that was all I heard, booth. So I built the booth and it, and that thing served me well for a couple of years. Um, I, I got good sound out of there. It was, there were outside walls, um, you know, where I would hear stuff outside, but most of the time I was recording was in the evening and all anyway, being part-time at that time. When I went full-time, I noticed it was, there was more outside noise that I had to deal with and I had to watch that. But after watching more and learning more, I said, you know, I want, I need room. I mean, I'm in this thing six hours a day. I, I, I would really like to make one space I could use and not have to get up and go to this desk and move and go to that or take stuff out here. So I came on the other side of the wall and I put my PC and my printer and everything in the old studio or the old booth, moved all the equipment in there where it's in a quiet room that's foamed up and just reversed everything. And I moved to the outside and I built sound panels. I hung a couple of audio mute blankets um, just to have you know, some more sound absorption on one side where it was open. Um, and I was doing podcasting and stuff out here anyway, so I already had foam on the walls. And then when I dropped the panels in, you know, now I've got like a uh, eight, almost eight foot by seven foot area. That's like a small office or small studio. But I mean, I've got a lift desk now. I can stand, I can sit. I've got good lighting in here, good ventilation. And I don't get hot anymore. And man, it's so much better. I wish I'd have done this three years ago. <laughs> but if you don't have the room to spare, you know, you got to start somewhere. And those those PVC booths will get you by for a while. Walk-in yeah. closets. If you got, you know, my house is old. It doesn't have walk-in closets. Mm -hmm. We have the old bifold doors and all the stuff just hangs up right there. Yeah. Um, so we don't have walk-in closets. And uh, this was a great option, and it worked out fantastic. Well, Actually, I think, and I, oh, sorry, yeah, go, go ahead, Jake. Oh, I was just saying, you know, and something else to consider too, if you can't afford it or if you can find the deal. Um, a friend of mine, actually, uh, she has an old house too, from what I remember. Uh, she found like a good deal, like on a, one of those whisper rooms, like the, like the little oh, the yeah. box yes, or whatever. And so she yes. put that in there and yep. it's coming along nicely from what I can see. It looks really watch your, cool. Watch your Craigslist, your Facebook marketplace. All that oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Always be on the lookout. The, for deals those things, there. those things are good. They, they can get boxy. The sound can be boxy. Yeah. You got to be really careful how you get your acoustics in them. They can, they can work great. Those and the, uh. I forget the other one, but I'd heard somebody talking the other day that these, there's a company that makes those. And you guys remember this from school days. We used to have to take hearing tests. Yeah. And oh, the yeah. truck, you know, the trucks would come around and you get up in the truck and go in the little soundproof booth. Uh, those booths are, are also available. They call them yeah. audible booths or whatever. Yeah. And I'd heard the other day, somebody had bought one. It was huge. It was like a you know, a six by nine or, or something like oh, that. Mm -hmm, and okay. they said they had to do almost literally nothing to the interior 
the sound was just excellent. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and that's got this thing on the cheap. They're, they weigh a ton, but but yeah. if you find one, you can buy it cheap, like four or five hundred bucks. What? And uh, yeah, they're cheap, but they're heavy, and you gotta have a place to put it. Sure, and, but uh, I'm surprised it's four or five hundred bucks. Like yeah. whisper rooms are not that cheap. <laughs> oh no, no, no! But I know a couple of people who have who have taken road trips and bought whisper rooms for cheap. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean cheap. Uh, yeah. Charles Bain, that's in our group, he picked one up. I always oh. call it on the side of the road somewhere, cheap, and brought it home, set it up, you know, and it and it works great. Uh, and I th- I think that, you know there's a place for them, uh, but I also think if you have room in your home and you can uh, go on YouTube and learn to build the sound panels uh, reasonably, because I built these things for cheap. And uh, you go buy the rock wool. I've got landscape fabric on mine. That's I didn't even go buy special fabric. The landscape fabric works great. And you know I may have two hundred and thirty dollars in those in all these panels, and then I may have another three hundred in foam. And then I bought my desk, you know, for a couple of hundred. But you, know, you can really have a really nice studio for a lot less money than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think and, and are, do the clap and snap test. That's what I do yep. in mine. When oh, yeah. I get set up, I clap, you snap, and it's not echoing. You're probably pretty good. I think there are a lot of VOs who would be well served if instead of being so obsessed with their gear, mm-hmm. they would become obsessed with their space. Yeah, hundred percent. And then get obsessed with your performance. Yes, if your sound, sir. if your sound is good. And you're not losing auditions because of your sound. Because if you listen to Mission Audition, you'll hear them talk often on there about in yep. the in the first few seconds, I can tell there's room noise, there's echo, there's this, there's this. And, and I, w- I would not hire that person, you know, because even if they're recording through Source Connect, they're going to get all that. Mm-hmm. Then from there, it becomes performance. Well, if you sound like everybody else in the first five seconds, you also have gotten shoved to, you know, you're done. So if your sound is terrible and your performance is mediocre, you're you're in a double hole. Right. So you get your sound fixed. You treat it like a – and I, I thank Don Barnes for this. He mentioned this on a podcast. Treat it like it's a, a scientific formula and leave it alone. If you don't mess with a formula, yeah. it won't change. Right. So don't change your panels. Don't change anything. Don't add stuff. Get good, very, very basic sound that's clean. Yes, go to Don or Uncle Roy or George the Tech or somebody, yeah, Jordan get it Reynolds. Evaluated. Yeah, get it evaluated. Make sure your noise floor is right. You don't have to buy the presets from them, but do what they tell you to fix it. Right. And get it clean. Yeah. And then you know your booth's okay, your sound's okay. Now go to work on the performance because you're competing with the best in the freaking country. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're and not... they're going to have those, they're going to have great sound. So yes. it's like you want to compete, yes. like you've got to yeah. have the sound. Yeah. You're not going to beat out, you know, and I'll kind of laugh about this because Alden did it. He beat out Bill DeWeese on something, I think. <laughs> or we think he did. We're not positive, well, but we're I pretty sure. Think... I think he may have stepped away from that role, and they were could have, him. could have. But Alden, it's okay to, to have that good feeling, man. Come on. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You're competing with him when you go yeah, to yeah. Voices.com. You're competing with. I mean, I don't want to sit here and just name names, but well, you're your competing. coaches, anybody who you're you competing would take with as your a coaches, coach, exactly. they're competing for those jobs too. They're exactly. auditioning. They're active voiceover talent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you're not 
up to par, you're not going to win those jobs, you know, unless it's something very specialized and you've got a very stupid, unique voice, you know. All it in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm stupid, unique. I wasn't going to say stupid. <laughs> I was more so the unique part. Yeah. Well, well I, mean, I kind of meant stupidly unique, <laughs> you know, where you really stand out. And and, and there's still, there's no guarantee there. I'm That's to the right. point now where I'm, I really am picky with auditions on the platforms. If it doesn't, if it mentions, you know, must have a, you know, non-distinguishable accent. Well, I'm not auditioning. That's, that's not, not going to work. But if it says Southern or Texas or Southwest or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm in. And I feel like I've got my shot with that, but otherwise no. So, you know, I'm also still competing because there are some really good voice actors who have a fake Southern accent. That's pretty doggone good. (laughs) And I have to, I've got to go against that too. So my sound's got to be really good, and and yep. the first five seconds of my audition better be something that stands out. Sure. And let me ask this question: Do you have your gear listed on your websites? Your mic, your preamp, your dog. Huh. Mine's listed on my resume and my okay. cover letter. My cover okay. letter's not on my website, but if you go to my if you go to my website, it's not. I have like a like a, a sample resume, so to speak, that just lists like a couple of things I've done in each kind of little sector I work mm-hmm. in. But there is a button where you can download my full resume and that's on there. Yeah. But I don't readily make it available. I'm not trying to hide it, but at the same time, again, I do kind of have that fear of the USB people going like, I don't want to work with them. It's like, I'd rather you just hear my sound and not worry about it. Because again, yeah. I've connected, like I've done sessions on Source Connect with people in Nashville, people in Austin, and both, you know, anytime I've done that, they're always saying like, yeah, man, you sound great. What kind of mic do you use? Oh, it's a, you know, Audio-Technica <laughs> 2020 USB. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they yeah. don't have a problem with it, but I'd mm-hmm. rather than be pleasantly surprised yeah. and then to worry about that. Now, I'm not saying yeah. you should hide that stuff. It's just, it is a, it is kind of unfortunate how sometimes the USB can kind of scare away. But again, there are not, there are USB mics that you just shouldn't be using for voiceover. It right. again Absolutely. comes back to yeah. how you, how They're you can use it. They're not for that. They're not going to give you the full range of frequencies that give the character of your voice, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. through in the recording. Um, so yeah. And, and now I know there are a lot of VO websites, voices.com, Voquent, Podago, in fact, any of those that you're auditioning through, you're posting your your uh, demos on to be found. They have a place for you to list your equipment. Right. So you know, so it right. isn't it isn't of zero importance. There is right. certainly an importance to it, of course. Um, but it's yeah. not the most important thing. Yeah, I I don't know that I've had that asked a whole lot. It is on my my information sheet or bio or resume, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And, I, and anywhere they ask or make you put it on there, I put it. But I don't think maybe once in an interview for, a, for an agency did they ask me what my equipment was. What they normally ask me the first thing is, do you have Source Connect standard? And when I say yes, they say, we want to schedule a call with you on Source Connect. And okay. then... They'll ask you to sit quietly and they listen to see, is there room noise? What does it look like on our side? And then they listen to your voice over Source Connect. And then they don't really care what's driving it as long as it meets their standard on their side. So, yeah, I have run into that. Well, actually twice um, since I've been doing this. But normally they don't really ask. Yeah, yeah. 
and I've, I've had some uh, um, places that want to hear just recording of your room, your room. Yes. As well. Yeah. You kind of, it's kind of, <laughs> I hate to compare it to this, but it's kind of like going for the voice bunny thing, you know, <laughs> not familiar. Yeah, we haven't, you know, I don't know that we've ever all, even the three of us in private have ever really talked much about voice bunny other than I think no. Charles, uh, Charles Coates was, had mentioned it in one of the meetups and he was doing the speedies and whatever. Yeah. And I, I tried yeah. to get on there way back couple of years ago and they said no your room sound is this and it's this 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 and and it was after i had my my new area and and i could not understand why they didn't like yeah. it but i just never went back yeah. after charles it. and also angela clark i think is all yeah she does yeah mm-hmm. she did a lot on voice yeah, 20, if I remember that correctly. yeah but yeah. it's just not something i've ever wanted to chase i mean i uh, in all honesty especially this year i mean i feel like you eventually get to the point to where you can only handle so much and deal with so much in a day. Yeah, and right. fortunately, and I, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast, uh, but I had dropped my my last bulk YouTube client, and mm-hmm. that freed up about an hour a day. And and I don't miss the money because it wasn't a lot. And then on the other hand, I made sure it was made up before I dropped him, or I, I felt comfortable I was okay without it. But um, what that did was opened up time. But still, I don't want to corrode that time with Voice Bunny and scrounging through Upwork and scrounging, waiting on Badalgo because some of those just, for me, it was a waste of me fertilizing that field. Yeah. You know, so I want to invest my time to where I get return. It's it's become more about ROI. And I think the same thing comes down to all that we're wrapping this into your sound and this and that and the other. Yep. Yeah, I know there are guys out there, and one of my coaches has a beautiful studio set up, spent a hundred grand on it. Beautiful. All the the equipment, you know, the the preamps, everything, the three thousand dollar mic. But he earned his way into that and right. I'm sure it's also a nice big fat tax write off. Sure. You know, 100%. because he's making a lot of money. And, and sure, if I was making that money, I would build a huge concrete block room with two by six interior walls and soundproof the heck out of it and put Same. one of those nice uh, split units in it and stay nice and cool all day. But the thing is, 90% of what we deliver as raw vocal, as long as it's from a quiet room and through a decent mic into a doll that you know we can produce it, we're all good. Yeah. You know? We're all good. And maybe all that other's great. I don't know that I'd sound any better going through one of those nice, wonderful preamps or not. Yeah, but, I know. Um, I will say this, though, because for a lot of voiceover talent getting into the business, just starting to build their business from the ground up, don't go and spend lots and lots of money on the best equipment because you, you can have a starter package, Right. There's a starter package. You can get starter level equipment that can mm-hmm. do you well and then invest money instead into your space and into your training. Right. Because that's where you're going to get a foot up or a leg up. I guess that's the term, isn't it? Get a leg up on the competition is yep. good training, good coaching and be in a good space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. I the could best not microphone is going to gonna give away your bad space. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, It'll yeah. make you say it, it will. It may 
uh, kind of make your voice sound better, but it's going to make everything else worse. And I could not have went full time in the time that I did had not had I not invested that part time money into a ton of coaching. I mean, I did workshops every week, it seemed like, for six months. I went to different people's workshops and learned and gathered and learned how to do this better, how to do that better. I coached with different people. And had I not rolled all that together, you know, luckily had had a, a good space, had decent equipment, got all that help. Even with all that, here I still sit in year three, going, you know, soon to be celebrating three years in voiceover, a year and a half part-time, a year and a half full-time. But had I not done all that, I, I wouldn't be successful at all. Now, am I making a ton of money? No. Am I making a living? Absolutely. Am I getting a bunch of glamorous work? No. But because I invested it the right way, it paid off. And if you're throwing your all your money at equipment and and audio coaching and audio reviews and you're so worried about all that yeah. and still you, you still sound like you're reading the newspaper to your grandpa, it's not going to help you. If you're spending everything you make back into gear, then you don't have a business. You have a hobby. Right. Mm-hmm. You need Good to model point. you need to model your voiceover career as a business. So you what you earn, plow that back into the business so that you have more f- fertile soil. Plow that back into some gear, but also like, like we said earlier, coaching in your space and all of those things and getting your website up, getting your name out there. Plow that money back in, and little by little, you can build your marketing, you can build your booth, you can build your gear, you can build your space, you can network, and all all of that. Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of good points today. And, and a lot of this, I know people have heard it over and over and over, but we just want to reiterate how important it is to build a foundation before you build a house. I mean, if we felt like we didn't need to talk about it, it wouldn't be important. But I think that's just, especially for new people that are just jumping in, it's like, where do you kind of start? It was like, well, figure out your sound while you're, you know, also while you're coaching, getting coaching and figuring out if you should be doing this in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one way we can encourage each other is to not be so obsessed with one tiny aspect, which is our gear of our, of our business, but to encourage each other to be actively building other parts of our business and growing this VO career like a business instead of just having a hobby that gives us money to spend lots more money on gear. So, hey, if you're getting something out of this podcast, we'd love to know about it. You can email us at our uh, at our email address, anothervopodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you're, like I said, if you're getting something out of this podcast, let us know, email us and pass the word, pass this podcast around. We'd love to have more listeners and uh, maybe even with our email address, send us some ideas for topics. What it, What is it you're obsessed with that maybe you should get off of? How can we encourage you as we also seek to encourage each other? Anyway, this is Alden Schoenberg for Jake, Hol- Jake uh, Sanders and Troy Holden. And this is another VO podcast. See you next time. See ya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of It's Another VO Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also email us your questions to anothervopodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at anothervopodcast. See you next time.